Hey everyone, I'm David Goldberg with Sarah McGoldrick, and welcome to another episode of Media Gold, a podcast by the Gold Clover Group. And today we're going over, um, okay, it's not like a regular episode because we, Sarah got this idea about, because everybody's giving gift cards. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the only thing we can buy these days is gift cards, so. So yeah, because so many people are getting gift cards, we thought we'd put together a list of some of our favorite books um, that you should go out and try to buy with those gift cards. Or not go out, you know, get <laughs> Social distance yourself and, and <laughs> order them online or download them or however you read books. Yeah, I mean, especially uh, people being at home and not being able to go see their families. I think people are a lot looking for a lot of different ways to entertain themselves. Heard a lot of people talking about pulling out the board mm-hmm. games uh, with uh, Queen's Gambit on Netflix. People are getting into chess. I have heard a bunch of people talk about that as well. Um, I played chess before. It was cool, just so you know. Um, <laughs> anyways, so and reading, reading, the ultimate pass, way to pass time by. Living in so, the 1800s again and reading in chess are back on the, the yes. playlist. It's so true. We've gone back in time 200 yeah. years, people. Um, but let me start uh, with a guy that was definitely not from 200 years ago, but actually revolutionized, uh, you know, technology and probably pushed us away from a traditional book in mm-hmm. a sense. Uh, Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson. Um, and really interesting background on this book in particular. Uh, Walter Isaacson's, uh, you know, famous uh, CNN uh, executive or former and Steve Jobs requested specifically that this guy write his biography because he's done uh, several other famous people like Ben Franklin, Albert Einstein. Um, and they wrote this book when he knew that he was dying of, I believe it was uh, pancreatic cancer. And he planned the book to be released when he died because it was terminal and he knew there was no chance he'd survive. So I remember in the fall, he died. The book came out, um, huge success. So interesting, takes you from like their humble beginnings in the garage, his uh, adoptive, par- adoptive parents' garage, and just how he hustled so hard uh, to get his ideas forward. Um, I'm always fascinated reading about Steve Jobs being like the total jerk <laughs> in the boardroom and not being afraid to question why people are like spending money on something or come up with some idea that's not totally efficient or something that's visionary. Um, his biggest thing was always he was trying to make something for people that they didn't even know they wanted or needed yet, um, which is really inspiring to read about. Um, and how he had his hands like in every part of the company, including the marketing, um, which, you know, the marketing I, I feel has uh, gone away from the Steve Jobs uh, style a bit. And it's a bit like more in your face than it used to be, but um, his footprint's definitely still there and set like an industry standard for how people market uh, technology and really all kinds of products. Um, and I feel like if you listen to some of his high standards, I mean, he wasn't a perfect guy. He was a deadbeat dad, mm-hmm. a man and his daughter. So you know, not the greatest guy, left a lot of people in tears, probably backstabbed some people, but um really interesting and inspiring read yeah i find i find since um steve jobs uh, died the the build-up to their product releases isn't the way it used to be like i remember when he used to give one of the presentations when the latest iphone came out or you know when the ipad came out 
it was a huge deal, like the second coming sort of thing. And, and since then, I think he, he is what kept um, Apple interesting. And, and since he's, he's, he's gone, I think it's, it's just very, Oh, it's another iPhone, whatever. I guess I have to buy it without the, the build yeah. up. I, I mean, which I mean, you got to give to his credit as well. He's built such brand loyalty that um, people are going to buy it no matter who's standing up there pointing out the features. But in the same, yeah. in the same way, he was really what made the, the fuss and the fanfare around a product release. Yeah. It's like a, it still is like a cult, but when he was the leader of the cult, <laughs> it didn't feel so yeah. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, next you have uh, the joy of yes, writing. So we've all heard of, you know, the joy of cooking and the joy of sex and the, you know, the, the joy of whatever. Um, one of my yeah. favorite books as a writer is the joy of writing by Pierre Burton. And I know a lot of, um, I hate saying this because I'm not that old, but a lot of younger people may not know who Pierre Burton is, but he was one of Canada's greatest um, writers, greatest journalists, uh, had, Oh, 50 years, 60 years worth of journalism um, experience. He wrote right up until right before he died. Um, and and he really teaches in his book, The Joy of Writing, how to be a good writer. Anybody these days can be a blogger. Can You know, we've all seen the, you know, make make fast money being a, a blogger sort of thing. And, and yeah, that's great. But if you want to be a great writer, you've got to read what he has to say, because this is a man who knew his craft. He started out working in the, like the Yukon um, as, wow. a, as a reporter and, you know, like covering the stuff that other people were like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, and, and you see it all the time when the CBC has a job posting and it's like way up North and you're like, I don't want to do that, but that's how you get in there. Right. So he knew if he was going to make it as a journalist, he had to do, um, the less than fun things. And, you know, from that, he got to explore the world. He got to know his craft. He got to know his, his sources. Um, he was, he, he built that trust today. New media doesn't do a great job of building trust. And I think that's part of the reason why, um, people like Donald Trump get away with calling all media or the media he doesn't like, um, fake news because, the the trust and the you know the standards aren't always there anymore and and pierre stood by those um he stood by good journalism it wasn't opinionated or not strongly opinionated um he was committed to getting to the to the bottom of things speaking of Mm -hmm. the facts and only the facts and letting the reader you know draw from it what they did. You know, he respected the reader, their intelligence. He didn't try to tell them how to think. Um, He let them draw their own conclusions and hopefully the information he presented, you know, told them the story the way that it should be told. Uh, So I highly, highly recommend reading this book and any of Pierre Burton's books because he's an amazing storyteller. He's done several great books on, on Canada's history the good and the bad side of it. Um, so anyone who's interested in writing should really explore um, Pierre Burton's work. It's really nice to read about, uh, you know, books about journalists or by mm-hmm. journalists who are still held in such high regard because uh, you and I both 
worked in work and work in the media and have worked at like, you know, mm-hmm. newspapers, TV stations or whatever. And, you know, there's a big hostility um, towards people like uh, I hear my friends who work in the field, like as camera guys mm-hmm. and stuff that, you know, people will just come up to them and get in their face about being, uh, you know, wearing a mask and um, even talking about Trump up here, even though he really has like mm-hmm. no relevance on mm-hmm. our lives. Um, so it's, uh, it's crazy, but so I still hope that, uh, you know, in the current generation of journalists and people in the media that we're working with and we're watching right now, will um, they'll be able to like write mm-hmm. books and actually hold them in high regard. I hope this is like a, just a yeah. blip in how the anger against journalism, I kind of feel like there's probably not, there's kind of been a permanent faction, but you have to hope for the best. <laughs> um, Okay, get a little lighter here. Um, I wanted to include uh, a hockey book because I love hockey. I've read so many hockey books, and um, this one was so much different uh, than all of them because it was the most honest hockey book I ever read before. And it's uh, written by Sean Avery. And if you don't know, uh, Sean Avery played in the NHL for several years, uh, most famously with uh, the New York Rangers, LA Kings, Detroit Red Wings for like one season or two seasons. And he was this agitator who, what he did on the ice would just make the regular six o'clock news. Um, And he was, you know, considered one of the most like foul mouth players, but he could be, um, because of this, he could get into the other team's head. So he was considered a real asset. Um, and his career ended a bit short. He's like, you know, he was good, but he was like, you know, like kind of like a third liner, fourth liner player, always on the fringe. And, uh, so this book was about when he gets to the NHL and like how much there is drug use, uh, illegal drug use, uh, partying, um, the really awful things that players say to each other on the ice and, every other hockey book I've read, it's just very sugar-coated. It's like, yep, bunch of professional men going to work, doing their thing. Um, but, you know, this really pointed out to some real cultural issues in the NHL, um, who's, you know, their marketing has done, NPR has done a really good job, obviously, of hiding it um, because nobody's really talked about this kind of stuff before until maybe the last year or so. Um, so I think it's, I think it's interesting, I, too, Um because I, I have lots of friends who are um, friends with uh, sports players or, you know, knew, knew these guys when they were still playing. And very few of them have good words to say about either the players or what was going on behind the scenes. I think, you know, the, the, the hockey establishment or, you know, just the sports establishment has done a great job of turning them into gods without realizing or letting the public know what's really going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Um, and one more thing about his book, uh, after he um, left the NHL and retired, he's you know, still a pretty young guy. So now he's pursuing uh, a career as a professional actor, uh, but also in fashion journalism. He, while he was still an NHL player, he did a summer as an intern at Vogue. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> Is really, in- really interesting, really interesting guy. But you got, I mean, you got to have other avenues. Some of these guys, they only end up playing a few years. They think they're going to be lifers, you know, but you know, not mm-hmm. everyone is a Wayne Gretzky as you know, hockey parents eventually learn and you've got to have a fallback. I mean, I've seen, I've and seen and heard so many stories of these young hockey players who get millions handed to them, like, 
And so yeah. they become real rich, real fast. So they buy the fancy cars, they buy the cottage up in Muskoka, and they just blow through their money. They're not investing it. They're just having a great time with, you know, the girls and the drugs and the, you know, I'm not saying all hockey's like that, but there, like you said, there is a strong presence of it. And then within a few years, they're broke. So, yeah. Yep. So many stories like that. But uh, so you next, you have a CBC gem. See what it did there? (laughs) I'm sure CBC will appreciate that plug. Um, So I I couldn't narrow it down to one one book. It's it's just the series in general. And I'm talking about the Vinyl Cafe. So many people have heard the Vinyl Cafe on the CBC. Stuart McLean telling the stories, you know, Dave cooks a turkey, uh, being, you know, the classic, especially this time of year, um, but many, many, many more. Uh, the stories of Dave and Morley and their kids, um, just the, the, the life of being a couple and a family and all the things that happen to you just the day to day. And the reason I picked this, um, yeah, the stories are cute and they're sweet. Um, but they're so well written, so observational. Um, Stuart McLean didn't just, you know, write this stuff down and just hope it was good. He was observing the world around him. He was drawing from experiences. He was, you know, using his own audience uh, as as um, inspiration and turning them into books mm-hmm. and stories. Um, and he taught, in, I think, in his writing that words are important. Yes, they're short stories. They're not overly complex, um, but the words matter. And that's what makes the story so so um, enduring, uh, to, use, you know, to use a word for it. Um, you know, like people are so excited when, when they know that Vinyl Cafe is going to be on the CBC again. I mean, they made a big announcement a week earlier in the week saying, you know, after the holidays, they're going to put on a special broadcast with a few of the stories. So, you know, he, he's, he's taught that, that words matter. And again, for writers, it's really important to understand that what you're writing has to mean something. Um, but he also teaches that all voices matter. Um, he, he looked to his audience to share their stories and it didn't matter where they came from, what their background was, their words and their, their journeys mattered. Um, and he made that part of, of, of the, the, the broadcast that he did and, and the books that he wrote. And, and to add to that, he, he, he would dig to find out what mattered. Um, he didn't just do the vinyl cafe. He also did, um, right. he did some morning side with Peter Zosky and again, that was that was telling the stories, Canadian stories, stories that mattered. You know, we all we all know a bizarre story from when we grew up as a kid, or you know, just something odd about our town. And as weird as these stories are, they're the stories that we tell over and over and over again because they matter. And that's what Stuart did. And anyone who loves a good story needs to explore this series. Well, it's so awesome they're letting it, you know, live on even after his his mm-hmm. passing. And uh, 
and hopefully we'll see like that caliber of content again one day from like a new voice or a new yeah. generation. Well, he had, and he had such a distinct voice as well. And I used to drive everybody crazy. I would go on like these long drives with people and throw on the Royal Cafe <laughs> and they just have to sit there and listen to it, you know, and they loved it. They loved it. I mean, I remember doing trips down to uh, Lake Buffalo at Christmas time with my mom and I throw a vinyl cafe CD on and we would just listen to it the whole way there. It was great. You know, they were great stories. Oh, that's and obviously brings a lot of like good memories for exactly. you hanging yeah. out with your mom and stuff too. So that's awesome. Um, mine uh, is this book that's actually not available until January 7th, 2021. But I had a recent opportunity through another job to uh, work with these people and uh, get to know their story. It's a couple sisters. Uh, they're from uh, Massachusetts. And um, they wrote this book called Burnout, which offers a science-based plan to help minimize stress, manage emotions, and live a more joyful life. And they talk a lot about, you know, taking taking care of yourself, um, exercising regularly, and just trying to build yourself up and don't become a victim of emotional exhaustion. And you just have to really take care of your brain because it's the most important part of your body um, at the end of the day. And uh, the so I wanted to bring this to the table just because I think in the marketing industry in general, um, if you work in any kind of media, uh, it's all about hustle. And especially after this year, uh, a lot of people working from home. Okay, some people, you know who you are, have you know had it actually pretty good working <laughs> at home. But there is a whole group of people out there who are really struggling, um, people who don't have families and they're basically just sentenced to stay uh, in their 500 square foot condo uh, by themselves. And, you know, it's like solitary confinement. It's going to be mentally devastating. Um, and you might just like try to pour yourself in work. But um, this book kind of talks about, you know, you have to find other things besides work that bring you joy uh, and invest in tapping into other people's of your uh, other parts of your brain. Um, so I just thought it was a really important message because I know like hustling is, you know, they call it a side hustle and you got to hustle, you got to hustle, but um, it's not worth sacrificing your health, you know, for a little bit of extra money. So just take a moment, think about the important things and, and, you know, play the guitar, uh, do writing for fun. Um, you know, don't have to be writing blog posts and web copy all the time. Uh, you know, take a tackle and do like fiction story or write a poem or just write about a real life topic that you're super interested in. Yeah. I mean, what I've seen in the last few weeks and I mean, the holidays don't help is people are just exhausted. I I must hear 20 times a day, uh, someone just saying I'm tired, you know, like, because, because the pandemic has reached the point where we've adapted to it. We get it. We can handle it, but we're exhausted by it now because we're trying to, live through a pandemic with work, live through a pandemic with family. And people are just worn out. And I remember um, Arianna Huffington of the Huffington Post mm -hmm. wrote a, I haven't read this book, but she wrote a book called Thrive, I believe, that talked about um, the same thing, um, just the exhaustion. She, I can't believe it, I can't remember if it was Thrive or another one. She, I know she's done a few books. But, but she talked about how one day she just collapsed. She was, she was at the office and she collapsed because she was just exhausted from pushing herself too hard. 
And that was sort of her moment of awakening when she realized that you can't be all things to everybody. You have to let yourself rest. You have to, you know, learn to say no. You have to do what's good for you. You can't spend your entire life trying to please everyone because you hurt yourself more. Exactly. I, uh, I, long time ago, I made a decision um, that, you know, no matter how much I liked work or how important something was, there was always going to be a certain uh, boundary or like line that I wouldn't cross or wouldn't let myself uh, get into that kind of territory because I don't want to like, you know, miss time with family and other important stuff in life. Exactly. Exactly. So the last one that um, we're going to talk about is kind of an odd choice, I think, but a a relevant one as well. And that's uh, Cold Hard Truth on Business, Money, and Life by Kevin O'Leary. So the reason I picked this one for myself, not because, uh, like, obviously, I respect Kevin O'Leary and his work. um, But it was Mm -hmm. it was sort of how how I found this book. So I, I was probably in my mid 20s. And you kind of reach that point of your life where you're like, how do I make money? Is it always going to be, you know, me working nine to five? You know, like, how do I get ahead? And right. he had just released um, this book. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll just read this and see if there's any tips. And this was like the height of the dragon's den. And, you know, everybody thought he was like this right. real cool business guy. And, you know, if anyone knew it would be him. And I thought, well, I mean, worst case, I'm just going to get some pointers. Um, but then I read it and he shared his journey, like his honest journey from, you know, he worked in a, in an ice cream shop where he got like fired and, and it it destroyed him. He was so upset that he'd been fired from a job and he was like, you know, I'm never letting this happen again. I'm building my own business. So there's, you know, stories of like business inspiration like that, but there's also just common, money sense and life sense and, you know, setting yourself up for, you know, no matter what job you're doing, or if you're in between jobs, this is how you at least minimize uh, the risk to yourself financially. I mean, we learned this year from nothing else that you've got to have some cash saved. You've got to have, um, you know, like a backup plan for when things go wrong. And a lot of people discovered real fast that they were not ready Um, I mean, even myself, like I maintained a job all the way through the pandemic to this point, but it was just that, you know, I could just as easily lose my job if, you know, if things got difficult for, um, for my boss. So what am I doing to mitigate that risk? And it was like, oh, these are the things that Kevin O'Leary told me about, you know, 10 years ago that I just kind of you know, yeah. kept going through life like, la, 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 it's never going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, you know, so these books, and there's lots of them out, out there, you know, so you have to be careful about, again, whose who's, uh, advice you're taking. But he's very yeah. blunt. He's very straightforward. Um, you know, he also ta- he also teaches you to take risks. I mean, you don't become a multimillionaire by just sitting around waiting for deals to land in your lap. He took risks. Um, but he knows his business and you've seen him on Dragon's Den or I guess he's on, um, what's he, I'm so Canadian. What's the new one? He's a shark. Sure. <laughs> I'm so, so Canadian. <laughs> um, you know, where if, if he doesn't, you know, believe that the business is viable, he's not going to risk his money. 
you know, and, and again, it, it goes back to what you were talking about in burnout. You have to learn to say no, because you take on something that's going to be more work than it's worth. And you're going to end up losing money and you're just going to end up hurting yourself more. You're not going to gain anything. So this book, Cold Hard Truth, is just like all encompassing and it's, it's worth it. And what's in there would still be relevant today. Absolutely. And he's done many books since then. So I, I got to ask yeah. you, I got to go back to the ice cream yeah. shop. How did he get fired? Do you remember? I, from when oh you read God, the book? it was so long ago. I don't remember how he got fired. I just remember, I remember the reaction more than anything else. Like, cause he said like he was, yeah. he was nearly in tears. I just, I just don't think it was a good fit for him. And I think a lot of people don't realize and I had to learn this too. You're not meant for every job. And if you get fired, if a job doesn't work out, that's okay. It just meant you weren't meant to be there. So I had had a kind of experience um, in high school and uh, I got a job at HMV. If you don't know, it was <laughs> way back when. Don't exist, doesn't exist anymore. But um Going through high school, I got it when I was in grade uh, 12, I think, or grade 11. And I always thought like that'd be like the coolest job ever. You just get to like work with other people who like music. Mm -hmm. You get to talk to people who like music too, come in all the time. And then I got the job and I got hired for the Christmas rush. And, you know, it was just people helping people find DVD copies of the Santa Claus Mm -hmm. and, um, answering really weird questions and stocking shelves. And um, I remember I actually got fired because um, they would have these mystery shoppers come in um, that would just test your knowledge of how good you were in the store. And then they report back to the manager, uh, try and flush out the bad Mm -hmm. people. And um, one of them, I guess, approached me and asked me for something. And I think it was like a really crazy day. Um, And I didn't like searching stuff on their computer because it was this old like MS DOS oh, yeah. system that was like it would like be flipped backwards and there was a special like four key four key stroke you did to switch it back the right way. Um, so I just said, "Oh, we don't have like that CD in stock." She was looking for, um, and she's like, "Could you search like for another store?" And I think I said something like, "Oh, you should try Sunrise oh, Records." No. Um, <laughs> like across the hall. Um, and uh, that doesn't exist anymore either, I don't no, think. No. And uh, so I guess, yeah, obviously she told my manager. And then I got a call. I remember sitting with my parents at dinner, pick up the phone. And they're like, this is so-and-so from HMV. Your services are no longer required. And then they just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were like, who was that? And I was like, oh, I think I just got laid off from my job. It's like working for <laughs> Apple and telling people to go by Google. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So... That was my dumb mistake when I was younger. They got me let go from a job. But, uh, I think I've come along with Looking since. back now, I mean, are you upset that you lost that job? Probably not. I mean, it was a life lesson, but you're, you yeah. know, if you were, again, you, you probably just weren't meant to be there. And you just move on and you so. find something else better and happier. And, you know, you just have to allow yourself to, to just keep on moving. And again, that's what Cold Heart mm-hmm. Truth does because, you know, like Kevin O'Leary started in this spot. And he had, you know, lots of highs and lows along the way, but look where he is now, you know, so you got to respect the guy and, and it's a, it's a book worth checking out. Well, we hope you found, uh, you know, our tips or rather our books 
um, helpful to you, uh, maybe you'll go consider checking them out. With all your gift cards, you're probably going to get from everybody this year. So uh, send us your digital marketing questions as always at www.goldclovergroup.com or find us on social media on all the channels at Gold Clover Group. And don't forget to catch us every Wednesday wherever you listen to your podcasts.